summer is just around the corner, and that means fun and sun and cookouts and worrying about how we look in shorts and a bathing suit. Most of us want to lose that winter weight for summer, so why is it so difficult? Today, Dr. Samina Ahmed is going to shed light on why it's so hard to shed pounds. What causes weight loss plateaus that make those pounds so stubborn? But first, she tells us all about the fascinating Eastern medical discipline she learned from alternative medicine guru Deepak Chopra called Ayurveda, a 5,000-year-old life knowledge medical system. And, by the way, why shouldn't you drink water after eating watermelon? Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out the answer. Welcome to Healthy Cells, Healthy You. I'm your host, Janet Walker. I've been working in the healthcare community for 30 years, and for 16 of those years, I've been a writer and producer for the award-winning National PBS Health Information Programs, American Health Journal, and Innovations in Medicine. We've interviewed thousands of doctors, scientists, and researchers on every topic related to health, medicine, and medical technology. You can watch current episodes of Innovations in Medicine on your local PBS channel, or you can stream our programs on the American Health Journal channel, the Better Health channel, and TV Healthy Kids. This podcast is sponsored by the good folks at Life Farm Incorporated, a company whose innovative cellular repair products are backed by extensive science, research, and clinical studies. Today we're speaking with Dr. Samina Ahmed. Dr. Ahmed is an MD, an Ayurvedic practitioner, and Ayurvedic food and nutrition consultant, and is the founder and director of the Salmon and Samina Global Wellness Initiative. She is also a scientific advisory board member for Life Farm Incorporated. Dr. Ahmed is an expert in understanding and breaking through the weight loss plateau. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Ahmed. Oh, it's a pleasure, Janet. I'm so glad to be on your podcast. I'm glad you're here, too. Can I call you Dr. Samina? You can call me whatever you want. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Dr. Samina. So you are an Ayurvedic medicine practitioner and Ayurvedic food and nutrition consultant. And I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, so you can help me out there. I'm sure that most people have never even heard of this fascinating Eastern diet and health specialty. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So uh, Ayurveda, and this is a 5,000-year-old science, which talks about uh, how you can balance your life, mind, body, spirit, and uh, it gives you a totally different kind of perspective on what we learned as medical doctors. You know, I basically went through a medical school and was trained, uh, you know, in different subjects. Now, the subjects also are there in Ayurveda because Ayurveda basically is a science. Like I said, a lot of people think it's just some gibberish. It isn't. It's the science of knowledge. It's the uh, basically, it, it, it's like a, like a handbook of life giving you knowledge or Veda, knowledge, Veda comes from that. And Ayur is life. So imagine having a handbook on how you should live emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. So it's a complete science. And I was introduced to it uh, in 2004 
when I attended uh, Dr. Deepak Chopra's seminars and you know, I remember going to him and telling Dr. Deepak, hey, I would like to learn this by going to India because the origin of this science is from the subcontinent, which now is India and Pakistan. So Dr. Deepak, I remember, looked at me and said, hey, you don't have to go to India now. <laughs> you can easily, you know, learn this from uh, from the U.S. And at that time, he had Chopra University, which I joined, and I was introduced to this wonderful, wonderful um, you know, modality, uh, which is alternative medicine as well. Now, uh, interestingly, uh, Janet, I come from uh, a region where Ayurveda came from, right? So the origins, my father was from India, my mother too. My mom was born in Shimla, dad in Jalandhar. And a lot of times my mother would tell us stuff like, uh, Samina, don't drink water after eating a watermelon. And we would look at her very, you know, with curiosity. And, and she was really telling us something wise and which I later understood. So, you know, I changed the word Ayurveda to Mom Veda for myself. <laughs> and if I ever write a book, Janet, it's going to be called Mom Veda, Mom's I Wisdom. <laughs> I love that. So are, do you combine this Eastern practice with your Western, you know, allopathic education? Yes. So the conventional medicine that I learned, you know, I try to actually combine them together. And nowadays we call it integrative medicine because you're literally integrating the two sciences together for the benefit of the patient. You see, there are so many healing modalities, uh, Janet, you know, you've got... Uh, the Chinese traditional, you've got Yunani and then Ayurveda and all. But the genesis or the mother science is Ayurveda in Sanskrit, that is, the, that's the language it comes in. And all the other sciences come from it because this one is 5,000 years old. I try to combine them and I really feel it gives me an edge. It's like getting a 360 degree, you know, a view or of, of, of what uh, we are all about. Treating the whole person, mind, body, spirit, everything. Exactly. I love that. I wish I could come to New York and be your patient. <laughs> <laughs> or, or just learn about it, right? Why be a patient? I don't want you to be a patient at all. I want you to just absorb all these teachings and try to incorporate them in your life. But it's interesting. All my teachers would tell me, Ayurveda is not for everyone. And I would be curious as to why. And then I found out, Janet, that the reason they say that is that there is so much work that the patient has to do, that the the client or someone who you're healing has to do. It do, It's not a one-way traffic that I write a prescription for you and you go home and you toss those medications in your mouth and it's all done. It isn't. It's a practice. And it starts with literally... Uh, connecting yourself to the seasons in the you know in, 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 in that we have uh, in our life, uh, having a daily routine, meditation, yoga, uh, energy healing, and also knowing what to eat, where to eat, when to eat, you know, and 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 finding out about your mind body constitution because according to Ayurveda, there are three mind body constitutions. We came with these when we came into the world, Vata, Pitta and Kapha, and they are based on elements, the five elements. And those five elements, air, space, earth, fire and water, 
are in you and me and also in anything else that exists in the universe. So we literally have to know which elements are more predominant in our body to understand what kind of stuff we should do. But you know, modern medicine, not to be derogatory or anything, I appreciate all my learnings from, you know, what I learned in medicine. And I, like I said, all the modalities are important, but somehow it's a cookie cutter solution over there because it's a headache and it's a Tylenol for everyone. But Ayurveda feels that Janet's headache and Samina's headache is not the same. It's based on their experiences and on their own little path. So we cannot do that. It is custom designed. And the whole concept is uh, not to have a band-aid approach, but to find out why a disease is there and how to get rid of it from the roots, right? From literally the cell. <laughs> That's really fascinating. I mean, we could do a whole episode just on that. I, I love talking to you about that. But now we'll switch gears a little bit because I want to hear about the weight loss plateau. I know you've done a lot of research and study and you do webinars about weight loss plateaus and how to fix those. So now let's talk a little bit about weight loss and the weight loss plateau. Can you explain the weight loss plateau to us? So before I venture to explain the weight loss plateau, let's focus on the word weight. Okay. So Janet, interestingly, 74% of the U.S. population is overweight. And it's a lot. (laughs) And 42% people, adult population of the United States became overweight during the COVID times only. COVID-19 pandemic caused that. And uh, interestingly, I guess it's bad news for the ladies, but 29 pounds gained by women alone. Each, like that's the average that each woman actually gained during the COVID time. So, uh, One out of every three individuals, if you and I stood anywhere outside a cinema hall, in the mall, every third person in the U.S. is obese. Wow. Now, that is uh, really sort of uh, mind-boggling as a statistic. And you know, all the the diseases attached to obesity, whether it's heart disease, diabetes, cancers, autoimmune disorders, and uh, most of the inflammatory diseases as well. So we are dealing with literally an obesity. I, I would, wouldn't want to call it pandemic right now. I'm a bit, bit cautious. I don't want to, but it's definitely an obesity epidemic. Right. And we right. better, we better become aware of how serious this uh, situation is because it's spreading all over the world. And you're right about how COVID contributed to that. I know that, you know, I was just at home, so I, dragged out all the recipes from my mother that are, you know, decades old and tried all these recipes. And I was baking for the first time pretty much ever. And uh, yeah, and that's what everyone was doing. I think also everyone was so concerned about running out and getting as much food as they could and stocking their pantry and stocking their freezer in case that there was some major shortage. So yeah, it's interesting to hear the numbers, though. That's, that's a lot. So during the COVID crisis, uh, according to research, people were snacking more. They were, of course, eating more than they normally did. They watched a lot of television. And of course, the stress was there. 
which we can't deny. They weren't sleeping enough. Now, all these things also contribute to uh, us gaining weight, right? And then remember, we were not really going out to exercise. So it was a sedentary lifestyle. So everybody put on more weight than they should have. There were some intelligent people who actually resorted to learning exercises and doing stuff at home and uh, and maybe gave themselves goals like, hey, I want to have a six-pack by the time the COVID <laughs> is over. So they fared well. Those guys are doing pretty well now. <laughs> I imagine the depression that that came along with COVID and everyone being home and people losing jobs and loved ones getting ill probably also contributed to people eating more and snacking. Um, so I'm sure depression played a part in that as well. Yes, it did. And, you know, uh, another thing I want to tell you is that the weight loss industry, it's like billions of dollars are spent, you know, like it's like a, there's a number I want to quote, $66 billion industry, the weight loss industry. And that will tell you how Many people get sucked into the diet programs and, hey, let me do the Atkins, let me do the keto or the South Beach and whatever. You know, there are gazillion uh, sort of diet plans which are out there. And uh, interestingly, one statistic that I'm going to tell you, which is pretty much an eye opener, 80% of the people who followed any diet plan will regain that weight and more in two years. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, I've done so many different diets throughout my life, fad diets, HCG, you name it. And yeah, you're right, it all comes back on. So we do talk about the fact that many people spend money on books or on diets, but they don't. And this statistic was given to me by Life Farm that 80% of the people who follow a diet, we're not talking supplements, a diet will regain that weight plus more in two years. Mm. So uh, why is there uh, uh, this concept of, you know, gaining weight all the time before we come to discussing or talking about a plateau? What happens is the weight gain factors are important to understand. You gain weight when you take on, take on too much stress. You gain weight when you are older. Like as we are right. aging, we tend to gain more weight and our metabolism slows down. That is another thing that happens when we gain, you know, when we are getting older. We are not exercising. We sit in a, you know, in a chair, sedentary, watching television, eating popcorn. So if there's no exercise in your life and another interesting thing, we get more hungry as we age. That is a fact. So with all these things there, the weight gain will be there. Now, people will try different exercise methods, different kind of uh, weight loss uh, techniques, which include many diets, but they will see that a stage comes when they are not losing any more weight. And that's frustrating for them because they're doing everything and now nothing is happening. The weighing scale is not moving. And I'm sure, Janet, we have experienced that, oh, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's like I've hit the wall, what is it? And yet not even eating anything, but my weight scale is not showing anything. And uh, because of that frustration, many people just lose it and they start binging and eating. It's like I will never be able to lose weight. So I want you to focus on four things when we talk about the weight loss plateau. Plateau is an English word for when... There is just an even turf there. You're not going up, 
or you are going down you are right here just stationary not moving there are four things i want you to know which will make this plateau happen and then you know i will tally these four problems these are the issues then i'm going to give you solutions to the four <laughs> so then you will go back with a lot of knowledge on how you can break this plateau because remember it's all about smashing this plateau with a big sledgehammer <laughs> so 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 the I first so the first thing is our body actually starts working against us and how does that happen there are certain hormones like leptin and ghrelin and these are appetite hormones they are you know the ghrelin is there and it starts off you know working when you are empty when your stomach has no food in it ghrelin is secreted to say i am hungry give me food and so you start <laughs> eating now you're eating and eating and eating and ghrelin this was god's way of you know telling you that you have to eat when you are hungry the hormone tells you that put some food in your body now you fill yourself up with tons of food and you re reached a certain threshold which we call your satiety level and that's where leptin comes in and leptin is going to put a stop to this excessive eating and say stop you're okay now you don't need any more food right so that's your hormone which tells you to stop eating and you stop eating now what happens is during weight loss time when you're trying to lose weight your leptin levels go down and they are basically low there is not much food in the body but the level of the leptin goes down and you're not eating too much so ghrelin is going high now the body gets confused because guess what what is happening you're not when you're getting hungry you're not eating because you're on a diet these hormones are supposed to tell you to do certain things now the there's a hunger hormone which is saying start eating it's gone to the hypothalamus to the brain to say this person needs food but this person is on a diet so you caused major confusion ah. between a, a certain uh, way that these particular hormones are supposed to help you you are going against them against nature by doing what you do so guess what happens all of a sudden the body goes into mayday mayday person has started starving stop or slow down the metabolism don't mm. burn all the sugar don't destroy the fat cells do not get energy out there because we have we have to conserve we cannot allow these fat cells to burn right now so that is your first issue then let's go to the second issue the second issue is that people the weight loss plateau happens in people who all of a sudden lose heart in a diet they just give up it's like no it's not working because you know this diet told me that on sunday i have a cheat day so yeah, i'm going to cheat now i'm going and the rest of the time this diet tells me i cannot eat my sweets or my desserts or my the sugary stuff i love so there's so many so many conditions put on you in diets that the person loses heart and after a while gives up that is the second reason and uh the third reason is that there are toxins which accumulate in the body and why do these toxins accumulate because guess what toxins are always stored in fat cells now the fat cells in my body are storing these toxins but i decide to lose weight so what happens 
my fat cells are going to leave my body because I they're going to start, you know, like I'm going to start losing them because I'm losing weight. My fat is going out of the body. Then what happens is the toxins do not have a way of getting detoxified. Liver is supposed to detoxify those toxins, but now they can't be carried to the liver. There's no fat to carry them. Fat cells are supposed to transport them to the liver. So what happens? Body starts building new fat cells to make sure that these toxins have a little carrier because they have lost their carrier. So the more the toxins, the more the fat cells. You are literally building more fat cells in your body when you are dieting. Wow. So that will cause the plateau. Then comes your fourth important point. And the fourth point is your gut health. And I keep stressing on it, you know, as an allopathic practitioner, as an Ayurvedic practitioner, as somebody who studied modern medicine and also Ayurveda, let me tell you one system that you and I have to really take care of is the gut. Is our, the, if the gut health is not good, we cannot be healthy. We must support our gut health. So why do I bring that in? Where here, I really feel very proud because Life Farms two products, laminate and digestive, really work very well together because they did these studies in which you took two tablets of laminine, two of digestive, and you did that for about four weeks. And at the end of the four weeks, the body had produced 24% short fatty acids. Why do we need these short chain fatty acids? Because they repair the gut wall. We need to repair the gut wall because people are suffering from leaky gut syndrome. Right. So, And how will we repair it? We will repair it by digestive and laminate because digestive has your probiotics, prebiotics and all those goodies, the digestive enzymes. And laminine, of course, is the you know product that we always feel helps the stem cells in repairing. So these are the four points I want you to always remember when you talk about the weight loss plateau. That's great. And, you know, you mentioned laminine. Um, it seems like every expert that I've interviewed mentions laminine. I actually know something about it because, you know, we met when I interviewed you for PBS uh, because they discovered the research that was going on with this supplement and had quite an interest in it. I would love to have you back to do an in-depth discussion about laminine because like I said every expert has been mentioning it and we haven't done that yet so I really want our listeners to learn about laminine what it is the research around it so um, hopefully you'll be willing to come back and talk to us a little bit about a little bit more about laminine so we could learn more about that at a deeper level definitely Janet I'm all yours great <laughs> Next time, we'll be talking more about weight management, including LifeArm's newest product in their family of cellular repair formulations called Extreme Shape, a weight management supplement that you'll want to know more about. We'll also hear about the wonderful work that Dr. Samina is doing through her foundation, the Salmon and Samina Global Wellness Initiative. Now, you're probably wondering, why shouldn't you drink water after eating watermelon? Ayurvedic doctors suggest not to drink water after having watermelon as it can affect your gastrointestinal tract. 
Microbes or bacteria need water and sugar to develop and expand. So when you drink water after eating watermelon, it increases the chances of microbes spreading across your GI tract, causing heaviness and upset to your gastrointestinal tract. And, as Dr. Samin advised, gut health is not only the key to weight loss, but to good health overall. So thank you to Dr. Samina and to her very wise mother for that bit of key advice. Thanks so much for listening to Healthy Cells, Healthy You with me, your host, Janet Walker. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe and tell your friends. Together, we'll build healthy cells and a healthy you.